Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Hey guys, it's PC, man, and I'm so happy that I get to come and be with you today. I know we're via technology, but how many know, thank God for technology, because otherwise we probably couldn't be together. So we're making the best of the situation, and we're happy that we get to bring the church to your house. Amen. I'll tell you what, thank God for our media team and everybody doing everything they're doing to make it easily available for us to come to you today. We're praying for you. We're praying for your family. We're praying for the world, and we're definitely, definitely, definitely taking our place in the earth to make a difference. I know um, things are totally looking better, and they're going to get better and better and better as we step into the days to come, because God is faithful. Amen? Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad you could be with us here at Relevant. Go watch our, the podcasts and the archives and everything we've been talking about, this series of righteousness. It's been life-changing. I want you to know, I'm so, so excited that I get to bring this message to you of hope and change and transformation. Well, I want to just talk to you about um, giving. Amen. I want to talk to you about the arena of giving, and we're going to look at John chapter 6. You know, um, the other day I was studying this out for you guys, and I really um, wanted to take a minute to let you know, in times of pressure, you might want to hold your seed. But remember, once you do that, that is your harvest. Um, I've really seen in John chapter 6, verse 1, I want to read a couple of verses in there. We're going to see that God can produce miraculous provision for you at any given moment of your life. I'm talking about miracle seed. Amen. And man, I am telling you what, God is the God of providing miracle seed. In John chapter 6 and verse 1, it says, After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is in the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because he saw, they saw the miracles which he did on them that were diseased. So Jesus was doing healing miracles. And look what it says here. And Jesus went up into a mountain, all right, with his disciples, and the Passover feast was nigh, and he lifted up his eyes, and he seen a great multitude. You've all, you've all seen this in Scripture. When Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great multitude to come, he said to Philip, where are we going to buy bread that they could eat? And he tested him and proved him because he knew what he was going to do. Philip answered and said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. Every one of them would just be able to take a little. They couldn't even do that. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said this. He said, there's a lad here that has, he has five loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Jesus said, make the men sit down in the grass, and he took the loaves. In verse 11, he gave thanks and distributed to the disciples and distributed it to the disciples. The disciples gave it to the people. And the miracle provision was provided. Um, I guess I was sitting in this. The Lord quickened me to let you know that in times of pressure, you may want to try to hold on to your seed, but I want you to know that is your harvest then. Until the seed is sown, it does not have the opportunity to grow and bring you a harvest. So you don't want to eat your seed. This is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, the miracle of provision is in the breaking and the sowing. That's the key. The miracle, the provision is in the breaking and the sowing, even when it's not comfortable to sow. I've told you before that some seasons when pressure comes, you want to hold your seed. You want to hold the bread that you have. But until you start breaking it, the miracle can't take place. As I was looking at this, God gave me a couple places of provision for you. Number one, he said this, what you have, what you have can get you what you need. That's so important. What you have can get you what you need. What do we have? Well, we have some loaves and some fish, but what is that among so many? What you have can get you what you need. This is cool because Jesus was teaching his disciples. They saw healing miracles, but they never seen a miracle of provision yet. And he was teaching them the principles of miracle provision. One of the principles of miracle provision is this. 
What you have can get you what you need. You just got to make sure you keep using it. You got to keep sowing. Listen to this one. This was good. What you see can change by what you sow. My God, isn't that good? What you see with your physical eyes can change because of what you sow. You can change the atmosphere you're living in by the seeds you sow. And here's another one I want to give you. This is so important. We have to understand. Now, there's, there's a bunch of principles. Matter of fact, this next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a special teaching on miracle provision. I really felt it in my heart. Today, as a matter of fact, I want to give you this teaching in, in its entirety. There's like six to eight points here that we have to go over. And for time's sake, this morning, I can't go over all of them. So we have to understand, number one, you're going to see miracle provision in this time. I'm going to talk about, in my teaching, I'm going to talk to you about the wealth transfer. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. I'm going to talk about that in this teaching I'm going to do this week for you guys about miracle provision. But today, I want you to see this. Number one, you got to understand, what you have can get you what you need. What you have can get you what you need. What are we going to do with that so few? We're going to enforce the blessing. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. What you see can be changed by what you sow. Very important. What you see can be changed by what you sow. I could change my atmosphere. Kingdom principles overrule the earth. And the last one is this. Is this what I want you to You must enforce the blessing. That's the key. That's what Jesus did. He took the loaves and he broke them. He blessed them. Okay? It says here, it says, and Jesus took the loaves and when he gave thanks, he released the blessing through thanksgiving. He distributed them to the disciples. When Jesus took the rose, he, he, he blessed. One place is he blessed and broke. If you bless it and you break it, miracles will break out. If you bless what you have and you break it, you got to take of that love. What he was, he sowed it. He took what he had and he sowed it. But first he took what he had and he gave it to God. When you enforce the blessing in the earth, the blessing will override any curse that's in the earth. You guys know how to sow. Now, here's how you sow, amen? We've been, we've been in this, this season of kind of doing everything online, which has been really cool. Thank God for the technology we have. Number one way you could sow is you can give online. There's multiple ways, whichever one you prefer. You can give online, relevantfl.org slash giving. Y'all know that one, R-E-L-E-V-A-N-T-F-L.org slash giving right there. And you can do your giving right there and you can give. And then you can use the cash app, Via the Cash App is easy. It's simple. It's a dollar sign relevant FL. The Cash App is on the screen. You can text to give your dollar amount. That's right there. I love it. It's 386-968-1103. That is your mobile giving process. You could text to give at 386-968-1103. And you can mail it in by sending it to relevant church. And you know how to get there, 920 Bevel Road, Daytona Beach, Florida. You know, this week, um, I seen people actually sowing their seed. It was funny. The other day, I just went and grabbed the mail, and I, and, I, and I seen that people had been faithful to sow. We so appreciate your faithfulness in this season that we're in of uncertainty to keep your continual giving um, to God. And, and you know what? It's a, your faithfulness that blesses our heart because you guys are faithful in every season of life, and we not only we not only appreciate you, we know God's going to honor what you do. Amen. Thanks for connecting with your giving. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you for the seed that are sown are making the way for the future blessing for each and every person. I thank you, Lord, that your word says that my giving will make a way. I'm not going to let the pressure of the earth Stop the blessing that's on my life. As I sow today, let the increase go forth and bring change and transformation to every area of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, I enforce the blessing of God to produce the greatest season of success of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. We've been in our series on righteousness, and I want to kind of continue uh, bringing you into this revelation of righteousness. Please get get a get. You guys are home, you're home. I know you're home right now. Get out a pen. Get out a piece of paper. Grab your Bible. Might not be a bad idea. Sit around the table as a family. 
Get out some technology if you, got, um, if, you, if you use the devices to keep your notes. Whatever it is that you do to take your notes, let's just do it. And let's get this word of righteousness on the inside of us today as we get ready to teach this to you. Number one point today, our righteousness in fellowship is maintained through Jesus' constant and continual present day ministry. Man, just write that down. I'm going to explain it. Um, Our righteousness and fellowship is maintained through Jesus' constant and continual present-day ministry. Now, I want to give you some highlights here, and I'm going to talk to you today about the present-day ministry of Jesus Christ. I'm going to talk to you about Jesus, our high priest, our advocate, our intercessor, his position in, in, in the anointing. One of the things I, I want you to see is this. Reconciliation comes to us through the new creation. And I, I want you to kind of pull that in. Reconciliation comes to us through the new creation. The moment we receive eternal life, our spirit becomes recreated. Now, we left off here. And a powerful teaching today, guys, really life-changing stuff. I want to go slow, but most of all, I want you to really hear what I'm saying, kind of process it, because, man, it's so good. It's such a rich teaching. I'm telling you, man, we are going to a place of victory, victory, victory. That's what I hear, man, just going to another place. So we understand that Jesus, now there's a couple positions here. Righteousness was given to man because of Jesus' substitution. Does that make sense? Jesus' substitution on the cross. So here's what happened was, I, I and you, in humanity, was supposed to suffer and die for the penalty of Adam's transgressions on the cross. Jesus came in his substitution of exchanging the place. He suffering, Jesus suffering as a criminal, even though he was the righteous one, suffered the death of the lawbreaker, never having break the law a day in his life. But he took a place of exchange. Me and you, the lawbreakers, me and you, the ones to be punished for Adam's transgression or for our own sin, he substituting himself on your place on the cross. He did it, he did it from the beginning. Barabbas was supposed to, it's funny, we're getting ready to come into Easter, and I'm hoping to God, I'm believing, let's just make this our confession that we're together for Easter. That is my number one objective or goal is to be with you guys for Easter. I really, really want us to believe, God, that we could be in the house of the Lord for Easter. We're going to work everything out as it goes, but I, I'm going to go real slow today. This is why, you know what, I don't even mind the technology slows me down a little bit, and I want to get this over to you. So Jesus, when, you, when you're done with today, you ain't even going to be right. I'm telling you, if you listen to what I'm telling you today, you are not going to be right. You're going to be supernatural. The devil going to be on the front. We'll be here Easter. Trust me, if you get what I'm saying today, the earth's going to rise up and take its place. The believers in the earth. So here we go. So Jesus, substitution. Barabbas was to be blamed. As a, as, a, as a lawbreaker, Jesus took his place for you and me. They said, crucify him. Why would a man who never committed a crime suffer a death that a criminal would pay? Because we were the criminals he paid for. His substitution on the cross for me produced righteousness. We got that part, okay? We're understanding that part. Now we come to the next part. Well, what's the next part, Pastor? The next part is... How did he restore my fellowship? Because my fellowship got messed up. So you got to understand something. It was funny. I was talking about this. When Adam sinned in the garden, God said, now you know the knowledge of good and evil. And you're in trouble, kid. Because now you're aware of sin consciousness like never before. That is why, remember we talked about this? Adam, because he was aware of sin, was now afraid. Fear was never part of this relationship. This is so good, guys. See, Adam's in perfect harmony. Number one, he doesn't even know he's naked, so he has full transparency before God. Two, he has no sin consciousness. 
he has no opportunity to be even conscious of sin. So here's the crazy part. Adam, not knowing this, does what? He loses it all. I'm telling you, man, you got to get that part, all right? This is so, so good. Watch this. Just making sure my time's ready. So, so Adam comes to a place where he now was conscious of fear, never knew fear. I hear his voice. See, so this is important. The voices that you hear either produce faith or fear because fear and faith come from hearing. Very, very important. I want you to pull this in and don't, don't lose this in your thinking. Really, really good. Adam opens himself to something he should have never heard before. How, 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 how does he do this? Well, because now he's in a position, and this is really good, he's in a position he's never been in before because now he's aware of something he should have never been aware of. Should have never been aware of this. But because why? Because now he's sin conscious and not God conscious, we got a problem. Why was God conscious removed? God conscious was removed because now sin conscious came in through fall. Man, you got to get this, okay? So now he's aware of fear that he should have never been. So here we go. We got this process going. So, so good. Now stay with me and pull this in. So fellowship gets messed up. Now God says you have to leave fellowship because of transgression. What do you mean? You got knowledge now you shouldn't have had, but if I leave you in this garden too long, you will understand life like you're not supposed to know it. Because there's still, still the, there's the knowledge of tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was there, but also the tree of everlasting life was in there. And he's like, man, you leave this guy in here. He's broken fellowship now. Sin broke fellowship, okay? So now fellowship's been lost. He gets driven out of the garden with God, okay? Not only does he lose his position of righteousness, right standing with God, he breaks fellowship with God. Now he can't even fellowship with God. He's driven out. What did he do? He bought back fellowship with the new creature in Christ Jesus, the 2 Corinthians 5 guy. The new creature in Christ, you see it? You understand it? The new creature in Christ has been reestablished for the fellowship. So righteousness, now I'm going to say this a lot. You got to get this. Righteousness was established through Jesus' substitution and his death penalty on the grave. So now I'm made righteous. Still got another problem here, though. It all happens all at once, but you got to understand the process. But now fellowship that's been destroyed is now restored through the new creature rebirth in Christ. Got it? Really good. And let me show you something here because we're going to get into this. Now, here's the cool part. Okay. This is what we were talking about the other day when I was shooting video and telling you this. But here's the thing with problem. We think we damage fellowship by our actions. Our actions do not damage our fellowship. Okay? So I left you with this part, and you know where we left off. Then we said, okay, man had lost dominion. How did man receive lost dominion? He gave you his name. That's where we left off last week. Jesus gave you and me his name to restore lost dominion. So man now has the right to use the name of Jesus to enforce dominion in the earth because Jesus gave you his word, okay, his word, so he could take the place of the absent Christ in the earth. Now, you need to sit in there for a minute and chill with that for a second. What did you just say? I'm going slow. Jesus needed to reinforce dominion. Adam lost dominion. Adam lost righteousness. Adam lost fellowship. He lost it all in the garden. Jesus came in major righteous. Then he makes you a new creature because the old you could not fellowship with the, the Christ. That's why he put you in his body because the body broke the veil of the glory. That's why me and you are in Christ, because in Christ, in him, we live, move, and have our being, acts. Understand that. What does that mean? That means my position in Christ 
has now given me access to the glory, but it's also given me access to his name. And in his name is where I received lost dominion for man in the name of Jesus. Whatsoever you ask in my name, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Why? Because dominion has now been enforced, and he gave you the word. Well, why did he give us his word? He gave us his word so we could take his place that was absent in the earth. He's not in the earth anymore. You're in the earth, and when you take the place in the earth with his word, you make up the difference of his absence in the earth. That's why he gave you his name. That's why he gave you his word. That's why me and you with dominion can enforce his word in the earth just as if he was in the earth speaking his word. The rhema, the rhema, the logos. The logos is the written word. The rhema is the spoken word. He gave you logos, and the minute you speak it, it becomes rhema, or the spoken word of God, as good as God speaking it in the earth. So when you and me, through dominion, come on now, speak the word, it becomes the rhema, or the spoken word of God, so much so the enemy don't know whether you speaking it or God speaking it, and that's the key because this is the understanding. My words are his words. It's kind of like going like this. He gave me his word, and when I, when I attach myself to his word, he already attached himself to his word, and I release his word in the earth. I'm taking his place in the earth that he wanted me to take because he ain't here to take it. Now, you say, man, that seems like a stretch. It's not a stretch. It's your position, okay? So dominion's been restored to man. That's important now because most people won't get the revelation of lost dominion restored to man based upon his name. That's the truth. Now, here we go. Ready? So records, now you got to get this thing. So this perpetual, this, now here's the cool part about the fellowship. The fellowship never gets um, off track and never gets... Um, devalued based upon your performance because your performance, this is really good too, your performance, this is awesome, your performance doesn't hinder your fellowship because he is in the position of making sure you stay in your fellowship place. How does that happen? Really cool. So watch this. So Jesus restores your fellowship through his new creature in Christ place he puts you. So now I got fellowship with God. Now I know what you're going to say. From the time I got born again to the time I am now, in between there, I have failed in some ways. But this is what you got to understand. Jesus' present-day ministry is in the place of intercession for me and you, making up the difference for where we missed it to keep us in this righteous position through him being our advocate and through him being our intercessor. So because what happens is as I go through life and you go through life from the position of being born again to now, we're going to have slips and stumbles based upon performance that doesn't look adequate to the position. I got news for you where we do do that will, willfully, will, this is crazy, but it's true willfully and unwillingly, as we miss the mark, he is repositioning you because of his intercession for you on a daily basis. And man, oh man, you gotta get that. Man, that's good. So reconciliation comes to us through the new creation. The moment we receive eternal life, our spirits are recreated. Mm. But watch this. We become the very sons and daughters of God. With the new creation comes reconciliation and righteousness and fellowship. Now, you got to pull it in. New creation produces righteousness, reconciliation, fellowship. The joy of the Christian life is fellowship with God. Okay? Okay, now get this. 
Watch this. When we are out of fellowship, your faith shrinks in the natural. I'm going to stop that because you're never really out of fellowship. But when you think you're out, because the consciousness of sin makes you feel like you're out of fellowship with your righteous position. And that's why it's so dangerous. But nothing has affected your righteous position of fellowship no matter what. Now, this is so good. Woo. We are at, when, you're, when you're out of fellowship, your faith seems to shrink. And basically, fellowship is not maintained through, through, through your actions, but fellowship is maintained through the word and the intercession of Jesus. We fellowship with God through the word, and God fellowships us with us through the intercession of Jesus. You better get that. Now, you got to get that now. Now, I'm going to say it again because that went over your head. Slow. We fellowship with God through the word, but God fellowship. He had no right with us until Jesus became the mediator between God and man. Now, God fellowships with us through Jesus. So we fellowship with God through the word, and God fellowships with us through the what? intercession of Jesus. So now watch this. When I'm down here looking like a bonehead and it looks like I missed the mark, Jesus is sitting on the throne of God going, now that's my boy. He's all right. We still good, dad. He's with God the father looking down going, we tight. He's my fella. We look like a total, listen, we look like a bunch of ding-dongs sometimes in our action. Jesus is standing there going, it's cool because what he is not Okay, so watch this. So like, watch this. Check this out. So he goes like this. What pa- so he's like this. What PC is not in the earth, I made up for my blood on the throne. What PC missed the mark in the earth, I made up the mark with the blood on the throne. This is the present day of ministry of Jesus. He is the intercessor, the advocate. Come on now. He is the mediator. Me- these words, you use these words mediator. What's that? He's the go-between between two parties to make sure when it looks like it's going to get off the rail, I'm going to keep it tight. I'm telling you, listen, right? This is important. So watch this. So, but how does it work? He is our advocate at the right hand of the Father. So when I'm standing there slipping, stumbling, Jesus like, now he's my boy. I got him. Come on, man. You got to see this. So you never lose righteousness and you never lose fellowship, and you never lose dominion. You can't, because where you don't hit it, he make up the difference. In the continual perpetuation of what? Fellowship, righteousness, dominion through his blood, through his intercession, through his mediation, through his advocacy. You have an advocate with the Father. First John 1 and 9. Y'all know what it says. Look, you want to see it? Look, I'm in the flow now. It takes you time to, like, catch me. I can, it's funny. I could be shooting this anywhere, but I could, I'm, like, in your atmosphere. So you got to stay with it. Look at First John 1 and 9. You want to see it? You got to see this thing now. They're going to show it to you up here, right? And this is important. First John 1 and 9, if we confess our, if we confess our sins, whoo, I like this one. <laughs> I'm getting excited, praise be to the Lord. Look at this. Look at this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful to do what? Now, that's one of the most messed up scriptures in the whole world. People think, like, well, I'm a continual sinner. No, 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 no. You got this, right? Look at this. Woo, I like it, right? Look at what it says here. Okay. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to do what? Forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. Ew, come on, man. What's that mean? He's going to do it. If we say we have sinned, you can go to 10. It's good. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Well, what do you mean? We say we don't. We got an advocate in heaven making up the difference. I'm going to explain it to you today. What does that mean? Where you miss the mark, he makes up the difference. That's what he's talking about. I'll explain it to you. Watch this, right? So now just get this part in there. Pull it in there, right? Fellowship is maintained. We maintain fellowship with God through the word. He maintains fellowship with us through the intercession of Jesus. Okay, good. So what's the present day ministry of Jesus Christ? 
People don't even know he's got a present-day ministry. People think like, okay, he's finished, and Jesus finished, and now he went home and took a break. He didn't go take a break. Jesus went to go sit at the right hand of the Father to make intercession. Intercession is the present-day ministry of Jesus, okay? They don't even know this. Few Christians have a concept of understanding about this, but you guys don't. You guys do because you're smart, okay? He has given us a better covenant. That's the best covenant you could possibly get. This, this covenant is a more sure word of prophecy. He gave it to us from the word of God, okay? So now let me explain some terminology to you so you can understand this, okay? Let's read real slow. Let's read Hebrews 9, 25, and then we're going to look at Hebrews 10, 1 through 4, okay? And you can put it in the uh, King James or whatever you want, and you can read it in all different translations. Write this down. Number one, Jesus has a position of high priest, okay? The high priest of an old covenant was a type of Jesus. The high priest of the new covenant has become Jesus, all right? Once and every, once every year, a high priest under the old covenant will enter into the tabernacle, right, with the blood of bulls and goats. That's what Hebrews 9.25 is going to tell you, right? To make a yearly atonement of the sin of Israel's, nor yet that you should offer himself often as a high priest enter into the holy place every year with the blood of others. See that? Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. He said Jesus entered in. The high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others, right? You see that? Look what it says here. Now look at verse 10, 1 to 4, because it explains the position. The priest stood ministering daily, offering the same sacrifices for sins. You see that? Hebrews 10 says this. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the thing, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually do what? Make the comers thereof perfect, or thereunto perfect. Look at verse 2. We're going to read the first four. That what? For then would they not have ceased to be offered. He's saying these sacrifices, the blood and bulls and goats, didn't make up the difference because you still have a conscience of sin. Once purged should have no more conscience of sin. He said you still got a conscience of sin because that can't take it away. Look at verse 3. We're going to keep rolling. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sin every year. Now look at verse 4, and man, you got to roll with this. For it is what? For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. So it couldn't take it away. There's only one way to do that. So the priest would do this on the daily. But you got to get something here. Now I want you to see this. When God accepted the blood of, now Christ entered into heaven once and for all. You can see that in Hebrews 10, 11. If you want to look at Hebrews 10, 11, man, I think that will really, really get you there. Let's look at Hebrews 10, 11. Every priest standing daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifice, which can never take away sin. See that? Can never take away sin. But Jesus, Christ, entered heaven once and for all. Christ entered into heaven itself with his own blood, having attained eternal redemption for us. When God accepted the blood of Jesus, he signified that the claims of justice had been met and that man could be legally taken from Satan's authority and restored to fellowship with him. I'm going to say that again. When God accepted Jesus Christ, he signified that the claims of justice had been met and that man could be legally taken from Satan's authority and restored to fellowship with him. Now look at this. By the sacrifice of sin, Hebrews 9, 26. We were just at 9 and 25. I'm just going to read 9, 20, 16 now. This is important. Pull this in. By the sacrifice of him, Christ had put sin away because the crime of high treason of Adam had been met and settled by his one sacrifice for sin forever. For then he must have often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That is it right there. Jesus paid the price. So Jesus took the high treason of Adam, the lawlessness of Adam, the breaking of the law of Adam, basically the disobedience of Adam, and what? Settled once and for all sin. By the sacrifice of himself, he sanctified man. Does that make sense? He made us righteous. To sanctify means to set apart, to separate. He separated man from Satan's kingdom and Satan's family. Okay? That is so cool. Jesus' ministry. Now, this is big. Now, you got to go with me. I'm going to give you this one. Look at 
Okay, I want you to look at this, right? Jesus' ministry as high priest, this, this thing's done now, but his ministry as high priest did not end with his, why did they name him a high priest? Are you with me? You seen this? Why did they call Jesus a high priest? Because what did the high priest of the Old Testament do? He came in there with blood for bulls and goats and made sacrifice. Jesus is like, I'm the last sacrifice. You seeing me? You feeling me? So he's the high priest, but his high priest duty ain't done. You understand? Jesus ain't finished. He finished Abraham's covenant and Abraham's law, but he ain't finished his ministry. You see this thing? You pull this ministry in, his ministry ain't over. His ministry seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession. So he ain't done. So Jesus ain't sitting up there eating Twinkies, just chilling out like, praise be to God, can't wait to catch away. It ain't no catch away. It's like, I got work because I'm making intercession for all you. Jesus' ministry as high priest did not end with this carrying of his blood into the holy place, but he's still the minister of the sanctuary. Hebrews 8 and 2 explains that. You want to see that? It's walking through the word. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord pitcheth and not man. He's saying, look, he said, a ministry of the, this is my ministry. He is the minister of the sanctuary. The word sanctuary means what? Holy things. He is ministering holy things. You better get this. What holy things? The holy things are our prayers and worship. Man, did you hear what I just said? What's the holy things he's administering to God? He's the mediator between our prayers and our worship to God the Father. So what do we say? Mediator. Mediator. We go through the word our word, our prayer, and you take that word. See, when you worship God, you take it, and what he told you to do, worship me. Okay, I'm doing it. You take your prayers in the name of Jesus. Jesus stands in the middle and goes between God, and God gets to hear what it is you're saying because of the mediator, Jesus. These holy things are prayers and worship. We do not know how to worship as we ought, but he takes our, what, petitions and our worship and makes them beautiful to God. Come on, somebody. Every prayer, every worship is accepted by the Father when it's presented in the name of Jesus. He's merciful and faithful high priest. So now here we're going to start breaking down some stuff. So what, I don't know how much of this I can get, but I can get to a lot. So what is a mediator? What's it mean to be a mediator? I'm a mediator, okay? A mediator is one who mediates. That is one who acts as, a, as basically an intermediary. Someone, in, it's like a go-between to work with opposing sides in order to bring about a settlement, you right? So if you got, like, sometimes you see this, you go to court, you get a mediator. One party, one party. Somebody's like a go-between. So you got God, right? He's for me. You got Jesus mediating for me. He's the middle, and you got us. But we got to understand the God side, right, and the man side. Now watch this. A mediator attempts to influence a disagreement between two parties with the goal of resolving the dispute. There is only one mediator between mankind and God. It's Jesus Christ. As you get into this, Jesus is our mediator. Without our mediator, we'd be doomed of representing ourselves before God. So man would not have any representation before God without a mediator because he'd be like, you, you sinful man. But we going in through Jesus, right? God has a dispute with us because of sin. Now, that's where it was. Now, i got to pull this in. Sin is described as the separator. Okay? We understood that. Now, we understand. There is not one righteous, not even one. All human beings have sinned by virtue. Now, Jesus took care of this. Now, I'm trying to get you to understand why the mediator pleads your case in a position of grace and not judgment because he took the penalty of sin on him. So you can't, this is why, guys, you can't show up with works and go, look what I did. Look how long I prayed. What's your prayer time going to do for what the mediator did on the cross? There is no works involved in this thing, man. This is the pure truth of the gospel. This is not tainted with any religion. This is the purity of the truth, okay? Watch this. The only just penalty for sin was death. You know that, okay? An eternal death that had to be paid. That's the rightful punishment for sin. You know, this is so true. It, scripturally wise, I can take you on to this. Nothing we could do on our own would be sufficient to mediate ourselves and God. 
No amount of good works, no amount of law keeping, no amount of righteous us enough to stand before a holy God. Okay? Without a mediator, we were destined to spend eternity in hell. For by ourselves, salvation from our sins was impossible. But what's the hope? For there is one God and one mediator. First Timothy 2, 5. Let's look at it. This is what Jesus did through his mediation. These are very important terms to use. Why? For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. See, I'm proving everything I'm telling you, so this is why you're like, I don't know if this is true. There is one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ, right? Or the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus represents the people that have placed their trust in him before God's throne of grace. He mediates for us much as a defense attorney mediates for his client. Telling the judge what? Your honor, my client is innocent of all charges against him. That is true for us also. Okay? Okay? Some, someday we'll face God, but we will do so as a totally forgiven person that sinned because of Jesus' death on our behalf. The defense attorney took the penalty for us. Do you see that? This is important. We show more proof of this in Hebrews 9.15. This is very important. Look at Hebrews 9.15. We see proof of this to comfort our position as the mediator. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they, which are called, might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. You see that right there? The mediator. The mediator. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of an eternal inheritance. Now that he has died as a ransom to set us free from sin committed under the first covenant, it is because the great mediator that we are able to stand before God clothed in righteousness. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21 again. Of Christ, why? Because on the cross, Jesus, you can look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. On the cross, Jesus exchanged our sin for his righteousness. His mediation is the only means of salvation. For he hath made him sin to be sin for what? For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteous of God in him. See it? Exchange. What does that mean? Watch this. His mediation is the only means of salvation. That is so important, man. I want you to see this. So when Christ sat down at the Father's right hand, he satisfies the claims of justice. He became the mediator between God and man, for there is one mediator. He bridged the gulf. Now, I'm going to show you this now. I'm going to skip to this other thing because there's a lot of stuff, and ain't no way I'm going to finish all of it unless I keep you here for three hours like I'd like to, okay? But praise be to God. We got, where you going? You in the house. So just everybody watch me all day. I should have a 24-hour channel and you just watch me all day. Watch this, right? So Jesus is the mediator, okay? He has bridged the gulf. Now you see this? Jesus, the middle, has bridged the gulf between God and man. He is equal with God and he is equal with man. See that? He was God and he was man. So he understands. He can represent, it's so good. He represents humanity before God. And guess what? This, however, ooh, you better get this. He can represent humanity before God. Nobody else can, because he was man. See, this is why this whole plan of salvation is smart, because he had to come as a man to represent man before God one day. He was God, laid down God, became like man. What'd he say? He said he was God. But he laid aside deity, put on humanity, so he could redeem man, so he could go before God and say, hey, I'm the reason why they could come to you. This is why the plan of salvation is so cool. Then you say, oh, why do you want to go to church? This is why you want to go to church. He can represent humanity before God. Okay? Man was an eternal criminal before God. Man was alienated from God and under the judgment of Satan. This brings the second fact. Jesus is man's mediator because of what he has done, okay? That's Colossians 1.22. You got to look at this now. 
What do you mean? This brings to us the second fact. What's the second fact? Jesus is man's mediator because of what he has done. Colossians 1.22, in his body, yet now hath he reconciled in the body, in the body of his flesh through death to resemble you holy without blemish and unreprovable through him in his sight. Now, every day slow. In his body of flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. How in the world God looking at you any other way besides holy, unblameable, and unreprovable? Now, how did you get that? Because of what you did? No, because of what Jesus did for you, it gave you this benefit. We were reconciled, whom God reconciled him through Christ, who reconciled us unto himself through Christ. There could be no mediator between God and man if there had not been first reconciliation made between God and man. Man was unrighteous in his condition of spiritual death. Jesus, Jesus produced the mediation to what? Reconcile. So Christ has reconciled us unto God through his death on the cross so that now he could present man holy without blemish before God Therefore, man has the right to approach God through Christ as mediator. Important. Now, why did I say all that? Because I'm trying to get you to this place of intercession to understand perpetual forgiveness. Okay? Now, this, this could be big. Speaking of Jesus, we understand what is the purpose of intercession in heaven? Now, obviously, I've repented of my sins. Perpetual intercession is being made because of the mediation position that Christ takes at the right hand of God. Now, this is important, all right? I had to say, I had to set this up because I know my time's going to run, but I'm going to go as best I can here. Now, I had to tell you about the mediator because if you don't know about the mediator, how are you going to understand the intercession? All right, what is the intercession about? Here's the intercession. I'm glad you asked. The intercession is this. Speaking on this, therefore, he is able to save. Uh, you can see this. Hebrews 7.25 Hebrews 7.25 is going to make a lot of sense, okay? Therefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto him or come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. You see it? Write that down. See that? He's, what's his job? He's ever living to make intercession for who is Jesus? Make intercession for who? You. Watch this. So we'll check this out, right? This verse tells us what? Although Christ to secure salvation has already been completed on the cross in John 19.30, remember he said, it is finished. He carried or cared for his redeemed children, right? He took care of them before. Jesus did not go to heaven after his earthly ministry and take a break. I like that. You get that? He didn't go to heaven and take a break. He didn't just quit. For this role as eternal shepherd of the people, for while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall have this life. Now, this is what I'm trying to tell you, right? Jesus is interceding for us while the enemy tries to accuse us. So now here's what I'm going to do, because I got I to kind of pull this together for, uh, for just carrying you in, Okay. Intercession is Jesus' position on your behalf to keep you in this position of righteousness. Now I'm going to break all this down for the intercession part because we gotta, we got to make ground each week on understanding how this righteousness is enforced. So like I said in the beginning, righteousness came through Jesus' substitution. So we were unrighteous outside of cup. We were in trouble, man. Jesus, through his substitution on the cross, it is finished, got me and you back to him, eternal. So one of the scriptures says he was the eternal substitution. What does that mean? He was the price tag for all of it. Now we get to the place of lost fellowship because, man, this is what you got to get. I said all that today to get you to get this. So I pray to God you stood online. Here's the thing, right? So now you come in and out of your feeling of fellowship because of sin consciousness. Man, it's going to be good. What do you mean? Well, you feel like I look at my performance to try to tell me where I'm at with my consciousness of how I am. That's what he said in the beginning. He said, man, when the priest went in there, the high priest, remember he's the high priest? He went in there with the blood of bulls and goats. It was cute, and it held it over, but these jokers still live with a consciousness of sin. And here's the cool part. You want to know what's crazy? Man, it's, this is going to blow you out. 
you know, everybody's got this repentance mindset. All I do is do the same thing the blood and bulls and goats did, remind you of sin. Why don't we just get away with sin once and for all and quit on it? I'm telling you, it's the truth. You think I'm kidding? The church should hear this stuff. I'm telling you right now. This is what he said. He said that when you would go year from year and have this thing when the high priest would walk in with the blood and bulls and goats, it just produced remembrance of sin. So every year they had to go back and be reminded they were a bunch of losers, couldn't make it. So every time you keep a sin consciousness, you just keep looking at your inadequacy to be what God made you to be when God already made you to be what he said you could be. So get rid of the sin consciousness and step into your position of righteousness, and you won't have to worry about what you didn't make up. Now, here's the cool part for you people that think you lost your position of fellowship. Man, this is going to blow you out because this is the question I asked, and God gave it to me. My fellowship is never ever in question to be lost because of intercession. I said it in the beginning, but now you see it. Because Jesus is sitting, literally, Jesus, this is what makes so much sense. Jesus has his blood. He sees Mary. Remember Mary? He's like, Mary, look, it is, he gets on a cross. He goes, right? It is finished. Boom, I'm out. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Good. He goes under. We're getting ready to celebrate Easter. He goes under the earth and strips the devil beautifully and produces the price tag of the perfect sacrifice for sin on the earth. He's got his blood, tells Mary, don't touch me, spent 40 days in the earth in an ascended state, okay? He spent his earth time. Takes the blood after, in his midst of ascension, takes his blood to the same throne of grace the mercy seat of the Old Testament, the throne of grace of the New Testament, which Hebrew says, come to this throne of grace, and takes the blood of himself and pours it where the blood of bulls and goats used to be poured, but never made the price tag paid. It just carried it over from year to year to year. Jesus comes once and for all, puts his blood on that mercy seat, and calls it finished for eternity sits at the right hand of the Father in the position of intercession. He said, you seated with him. Sits there as a mediator between God and man. And now when it looks like the accuser of the brethren rises up for our position. Let me show you something right here now. The devil can, this is so powerful. You ain't never heard this day in your life. I'm getting this as I'm going. The devil cannot accuse you of what Jesus had already paid the penalty for. He accuses you on your performance. Because your performance is still being acted out in the earth. He never accuses you of the things that, listen to me, he never accuses you of the things that Jesus already paid the price for that are willfully there. He accuses you for the mistakes we make in the earth based upon our ignorance of understanding walking in faith. That's why you got to renew your mind. But the minute in the moment me and you miss the mark in the earth and the accuser rises up day and night, the Bible says in Revelations, Jesus, God's wrath, this is the God's honest truth. You ain't never heard this day in your life. God's wrath could maybe swing, but when it swings, it sees him. Because when sin tries to be brought up, Jesus stands in the middle and goes, I took care of that. And that blood screams out, forgiven. And God has been satisfied with the claims of wrath because he put all his wrath on Jesus. So God only has good thoughts to you. Jesus is interceding those good thoughts, and the devil's hell-bent mad as a hornet because he can't stick nothing on you because Jesus took all that pain on him. And this moron is just counting its time, ticking and ticking and ticking and ticking. And I gave you scripture. It was Psalms 68. We can find it later. I don't even know it was my scripture for the day in the Message Bible. And it said, my God in heaven, it was my scripture for the day today. And it said what? And it said, he, he went in there and, and tied up the dragon. My God in heaven. He put him in knots tied him in knots and defeated him, amen, because he walked out there with the profession of faith and broke through the heavens and the earth. So now Jesus is sitting in that seat of mediation. So when the enemy rises up and tries to get God's attention against you, come on, you see that? Yeah, here's my scripture. It's, it's uh, uh, Psalm 68, 19, 20, 19 through 23 in the message. 
What, what's more, he made heads roll. He split the skulls of the enemy and marched out of the heaven saying, I tied up the dragon in knots and I put a muzzle on the deep blue sea. That's my guy. You read that whole thing. He talks about the professional, the praise and all that stuff. But, but pull this in. That's great. I love that, right? So now this, the devil says, look at him. And God, try, it's almost like getting God's attention and he sees you through Jesus. And there's no blame. And that mercy cries out. So here's the thing. So when I am not faithful, he remains faithful to his covenant. What do you mean faithful? When I am not walking in faith, when I'm not walking in the process, when I'm not, well, when I step out of light and step in the dark, his light shines bright and says, now I'm making up the difference in your humanity because I've placed you in the position through deity. Man, I'm telling you, man, you cannot have a place of broken fellowship because Jesus makes mediation to keep your fellowship in Tag. So guys, you never leave your righteous position because Jesus is my mediator. And that's what I mean. He's my go-between. What this is why his priest taught us. What does my go-between do? He acts as intercessor. We're gonna learn about this now. I'm gonna talk to you about advocate and all that other stuff next week. But you see what I'm saying? He's our go-between making intercession. So me and you don't ever miss the mark because when we think fellowship could be lost based upon action, he makes up the difference in intercession. So you never leave your righteous position because your action does not disqualify what Jesus makes up in intercession. Now, that doesn't make you walk around like a person that just does what he wants to do. It makes you walk with a renewed mind. You're smarter hanging around here. Man, you're like, oh, nothing changes my relationship? No. Nothing changes my fellowship? No. Nothing changes nothing. 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 Because where you miss the mark, he makes up the mark through his intercession. Do you see that? Guys, listen. Then to top it all off, he gave you dominion in that name. He said, okay, now I'll give you lost dominion, and lost dominion you'll get through the name of Jesus Christ. Man, I'm telling you, today it's powerful, guys, that you pull this thing in and you reach into this thing and you see it. You have a high priest. Why is Jesus called the high priest? Why is he called the priest? Because he did what the priest did. He went in the Holy of Holies with blood, but he took his own blood. Why is he called the mediator? Because he's the one who sanctified man back into God, pulled man back. Why is he called the intercessor? Because he's the one sitting at the right hand of God. His present-day ministry is to make intercession for me and you. Where we could miss the mark, he makes up the difference with his prayers and intercession. Now, our prayers, he also what? Petitions them before God. But I got news for you. He makes the difference up in his own intercession for when the accuser comes up, we are what? Righteously redeemed and we are righteously placed in the fellowship that Christ has given us because of what he did. Why? Because he's my high priest ever after the order of Melchizedek. What does that mean? He's been placed in the office of priest and king. He stands in both offices. He was the eternal sacrifice. He is now my intercessor. He is now my advocate. He is now my high priest. He is now my mediator. But right now, his present-day ministry is to make intercession for me and you. So I want you to know that while you're here on the face of the earth, he is sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for me and you. Man, guys, I'm telling you, it's going to be a great day. Why? Because your mediator never leaves his post. Glory to God. Come on, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for the ministry of righteousness that you've given us. I thank you, Lord, for the ministry of reconciliation. I thank you for this position of righteousness. I thank you, Lord, for leading us and guiding us and helping us like never before. I thank you, Lord, for your anointing, making up the difference in each and every one of our lives. And Father, if there's somebody out there today that doesn't know you, if there's somebody out there today that doesn't have relationship with you, oh, we want them to know you. We want you just to just ask him. Just ask Jesus. Just ask him. Say, Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Help me. Change me. Move. Transform me. Move into my heart. Thank you for blessing me and keeping me. And right now, I want you to pray with me. I want you just to say this. Hey, Jesus, let me get a revelation of this righteousness. Let me see you as high priest and mediator. Let me see you as my advocate. Let me see you. Let me see you as my intercessor. Thank you, Jesus. 
that not only have you positioned me in an eternal place of righteousness, you've positioned me in an eternal place of fellowship. I didn't deserve it, but you did it anyway. And now I am not going to not live up to what you have given me. What an injustice it would be for me to not take the place you've given me. I'll sit at your right hand with you and reign on high for over every day. I walk with the king, and I walk in the revelation of this righteousness like never before. Open my eyes and let me see. Let me walk in it and let me know. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and everybody said amen. Well, praise God, guys. Listen, I know we've kind of been updating. Watch all the podcasts. Get the webcast. Get the information. Stay connected to Relevant. We are so excited that we're able to be with you, and we know we're going to be able to come to you a lot more. And soon enough, we'll be together. We'll be able to hug one another, touch one another, love one another. Don't get too close right now, though. Amen. Just do the air high five book. I promise you, we're coming back into this thing stronger and better than ever before. God bless you, and we'll see you soon. We'll see you Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Glory to God. See you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.